Myths and History. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cami. What up, Cami? Hello, Bryant. Welcome back to your show. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> where you actually, I would say, took the head on this week's topic, and it's a bit of a doozy. So would you care to tell everyone what we're going to be discussing in your story today? Yeah, sure. So specifically, I am talking about Plato's The Allegory of the Cave, but it's part of a larger topic. An infant decimally larger <laughs> much, much yeah larger. yeah we're so you know we kind of had this idea we were kind of bouncing back like how to talk about like multiverse theory um it's really big in everything right now uh that and metaverse but that's stupid we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> um this is much better and and simulation theory came up too because it turns out they're really intertwined in a way but yes, the allegory of the cave is kind of where we kind of stuck it and where we'll evolve. So Cammy's going to give us a story, and then I'll lead a three-hour lecture <laughs> afterwards, right? Oh my goodness, don't don't drive our <laughs> listeners away. I know, yeah. Or gain, who knows, we'll get one from it. But anyway, so yeah, Cammy's going to give us a story, and I'll talk a little bit about these concepts and some fun stuff afterwards. So Cammy, will you please regale us with your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I used uh, Benjamin Jowlett's translation of The Allegory of the Cave by Plato. And when I was doing the little uh, cite the source button on Google, it gave me lulu.com, which is not where I got it from. I got it from Google. So I don't know if they mm. like let Google borrow it or whatever, but apparently it's it's available there as well. Behold the cave, dim and dark, that opens to a den where we find five humans restrained from birth to face the farthest wall. And each person cannot move his head or his legs to adjust his sight. A fire sits behind them, and beyond that there is a wall and a path behind that wall where people walk with puppets of all sorts. Animals and foods and vessels all made of wood and fabric are passed along these walls. Each prisoner can only see the distorted shadows of these objects. And as the puppeteers speak, the sound is carried to the wall where the shadows appear, as if the voices were coming from these distortions. And the truth they see would only be the shadows and the echoed voices. But imagine one of them is released of their chains and allowed to walk towards the light that comes from the fire and allowed to view the objects once only known to him in their distorted state. But with the pain in his eyes from the light and the objects being so distorted in their shadow state, he could not make out that he had witnessed them upon the cave wall. And then he is dragged to the cave entrance, where the sun further blinds him, but his eyes adjust. And when they do, he sees not wooden carvings of animals, but actual animals, and the stars in the sky, and the ocean, and the grass beneath them, and everything that exists in reality. And being overwhelmed with pleasure from everything that is real, he will return to the den, and his eyes must adjust again to the darkness, and now he begs his fellow prisoners to come with him to the light, but he cannot make them come. They ridicule him for believing that there is anything beyond what lies upon the wall. Thus he lives in two realities, the one he came from and the one he knows now, and not one among the unenlightened from either world would believe the other existed. So the Truman Show, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. The Truman Show is the yeah simulation theory (laughs) you know a funny little anecdote because we watched the truman show when i was in uh seventh or eighth grade in it was my english class i think at the end of course my uh, the teacher was like all right now who would want to do that and of course everyone's like no 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 and then me my little smart ass angsty (laughs) self i was like 
I'd do it. I'd be Jim Carrey's character. I'd be Truman. And everyone's like, what? You're crazy. And I was like, yeah, but I wouldn't know. And I'd have a great life or at least one that's like, you know, looked after. And they were like, you're absolutely insane. And my professor's <laughs> nodding in the background. No, that I did do that. He, he was impressed by it. I was just being a smart ass. But I was aware. I, I was on a higher plane. Uh, You're definitely time. on a higher plane. A much higher, yeah. So <laughs> than all the other middle schoolers. Congratulations, yeah. Brian. <laughs> right, I know. So you, you know, uh, to start off, so you know, the allegory of the cave we we mentioned, and I've looked up, and it, it's it's a, a platonic idea, both in like philosophy, logic. It, there's a lot there, and it helps us sort of I, get this idea of you know, what we know and how we know what we know. Epistemology, right? The, the the study of knowledge. One thing that Cammie and I, or Cammie showed me to help kind of get our heads on this subject too, was this interview on Larry King's uh, show, Larry King Now. Back in 2017, he was uh, interviewing the ultimate um, devil's advocate guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he asked him about like simulated worlds, simulation theory. Uh, which I just sort of from my experience has really been ramping up in the last like 10 years, the the multiverse and simulation theory. Well, reality the, is so bad. I know. <laughs> there yeah, has to, to be something out. else. Yeah. And this is, it's a cool like two and a half minute video. I could link it. Um, basically, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says it's hard because we have the ability to compute a, a simulation. It, it's it, it almost like that's why, because we can, we are in a simulation because it's sort of like uh, once we get to that level of, of computing power where we can do it, it's going to happen and, and it's going to happen within that. And so it's simulations all the way down almost. It's it's infinitesimal and things like that. Yeah, it's like when The Sims play a video game in The Sims. Right, yeah, 100%. Yeah, The Sims, you know, given enough uh, computing power and intelligence – will be like, let's do that. And it was um, Nick um, Bosom, Bosom, Nick, excuse me, Nick Bostrom, a Swedish-born scientist worked uh, through Oxford in the 90s. He really helped pioneer the life as a simulation theory, and he sort of based it down. I, I'm going to – just going to give you a warning. I'm going to ruin a lot of this. I'm going to get a lot of it incorrect. I won't say wrong, just not as right as it should be because when it comes down to all this, it's just math. It's It's – it's all math. It, like every every article I went through, it would always be like, "This is a theory in metaphysics and epistemology." It, it's it's all it's all about like physics and knowledge or philosophy. It's it's that's all the stuff is. It's like math and. But he had this idea of like a trilemma, and uh, it's it's tough to kind of like explain it when I I don't understand it myself. For me, it's it is saying like. He's saying once we get to the point where we can do it, it, it kind of will happen, especially because it's going to be a matter of running simulations of evolutionary history or, or like variations thereof. So it's kind of like how to, you know, like let's simulate Neanderthal. Plato coming up with the cave allegory. We want to see this stuff happen sort of naturally in a way it, 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 or naturally. Uh, speaking um, of metaverse, I saw an yeah. ad for it the other day. Um and now I'm mentioning it. Oh, anyway, it didn't sell me or anything, but right. it did say, and I was like, well, I might want to do this, but it said that watch. So somebody kill Caesar or whatever. I don't know what it in, was exactly, but it was like, watch this happen in real time. <laughs> it's like, that is a simulation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like the beginning of this computing power. It's, it's like, yeah, we can recreate events that we know, but like, we can also like let them happen naturally, 
um, or like like set of parameters mm-hmm. that are, are exact to and ourselves. just see like what like what is the probability that this would have actually happened outside yeah. of a simulation too right and so and and you know that kind of leads me to um, what the multiverse theory is and and I I'm gonna I'm gonna really try and nip this down to simple bullet points that I've made so multiverse I, I almost ninety percent of this is Wikipedia I couldn't go much farther because of how complicated this crap was guys I'm really sorry. Uh, but the multiverse is, is it's a hypothetical group of universes. Um, together, they compromise everything that exists. And there's there's uh, physical laws and constants. Sometimes they're called parallel or other universes, alternate universes, or many worlds. This is really, like, in a nutshell, this is kind of the key of, of where multiverse theory arrives. It's It arises in physics and philosophy. Uh, again, math and like thinking something from it's from this idea of inflation theory, where inflation theory, I'm going to uh, this is from LiveScience.com. Inflation theory describes a hypothetical event that occurred when our universe was very young, like less than a second old. In an incredibly brief amount of time, the universe underwent a period of rapid expansion. So think Big Bang inflating to become many orders of magnitude larger than its previous size, according to NASA. That continues today it's tough because like you're just saying the universe is expanding and it was expanding at but, a higher rate like a but it, acceleration it it's done expanding in some areas but in other areas it's not and during this inflation bits of it pinch off okay and it's the idea that the pinching is is like isolating and then it, it, it like there's this own universe at that point how would we even know Right, and that that's it's tough, and that's where that's where like the the mathiness comes in from because like sure. inflation theory, pinching, these are just kind of uh, we're we're trying to explain observable universe, and and these are these are these ideas come from us observing the universe, so like it's empirical, it's it's going off of things, and and we're trying to decide why is this part of the universe expanding, but this part is not, or or inflating, I should say, not expanding. I think those are different things. Someone's probably screaming at their. Uh, <laughs> phone i don't know another reason that helps um like multiverse uh and and things like that is because they're so again to quote life science this might explain why our universe has um certain properties that it does particularly the properties that are hard to explain with fundamental physics like uh dark matter or the cosmological constant um this was from a helling dang a cosmologist um, at arizona state and an expert in multiverse theory so they say if there is a multiverse then we would have random cosmological constants in different universes and it is simply a coincidence that the one we have in our universe takes the values that we observed so um and dang uh, is looking for black holes uh, thinking that that's kind of the the way um, like the into, key to it or whatever right yeah um, that that would be like the main com- way to that the these things kind of communicate. So, uh, yeah, inflation theory, uh, in, uh, expanding universe, uh, inflating and expanding, I believe, are different things. Um, that's kind of where it comes. Now, the idea of of having multiple um, universes it, it new. Funny enough, uh, an origin is comes from Chrysippus of Soli, who was a Greek Stoic from 200 BC, died in 206, um, in general really cleaned up Stoicism for the future. You know, it was tough to, like, defend um, philosophy at the time, yeah, like, especially when everyone was loving um, Aristotle and stuff like that. He, he's also famously known, and this is how I knew him, uh, that he, he was apparently reported to have died from laughing. He told a joke. Um, he he apparently saw a donkey. He, so he was drunk at um, a Olympiad event, 
and saw a, a donkey eating figs, and then he yelled, now give the donkey a drink of pure wine to wash down the figs, and then died laughing so hard because of this joke. That's that's something I would say and then die laughing. <laughs> right. So, um, But he, he's uh, known to have said things like um, he believes in a cyclical um, universe, one that, that like, goes up from a, a boom point of aether a fire and then forms into what we know and then we'll, we'll do that again and again and again and and he also specifically said that the universe was infinitely divisible like you could keep bringing it smaller and smaller you could also kind of believe that this is either multiverses or simulations again we're poor guy because he doesn't know that he's being simulated <laughs> i know i right yeah I, it's wild. So again, 200 BC, people were kind of coming up with these ideas that, again, are kind of being talked about today. The multiverse theory and simulation theory, a lot of scientists ignore them because they're sort of like, well, you can't disprove it kind of things. That's what Neil deGrasse Tyson's sort of saying is like, we can't, like, because we can do it, because it's possible and we can't really say where we're not. There, there have, I, I won't go into it, there have been like experiments to, to like see if we are and it was cool because one of the I, I, I don't want to even want to try and explain it but one of the experiments that was done um, I, I want to say like 10 or 12 years ago was basically a matter of like dividing like te like dividing computing power and mm -hmm. and so again like um, going back to Chrysippus thinking that the world is infinitely divisible so like if you can't can or can't divide it that would tell you um, if it is like if you cannot infinitely divide the universe you can't have these simulations doing that way. So um, Bostrom was the one who really set up where we are for the simulation theory of today, the one that The Matrix has, lots of other sci-fi things have taken on. And I think multiverse, is, is, it really kind of divides from that too, the parallel universe thing that we see in Marvel. Um, that's really been uh, famous right now. One uh, other great example, or a couple other great examples of this, the life as a simulation idea going way far back is the butterfly dream from uh, Zhuangzi, which is a book, which it means like master uh, Zong. Um, this, I, have you ever heard of this? The butterfly no. dream. It, it's really simple. It's basically like a, a, a guy believes he was or dreams of a butterfly, but is it, is it him dreaming of a butterfly or is it a butterfly dreaming? He's a man dreaming of a butterfly, you know, it, it, and it, we're kind of looping. So this was done third, the third century BC. So uh, right around the same time as uh, some Greek dudes were uh, laughing themselves to death on the other side of the world, uh, Zhuangzi, this, this story, there was this idea of the butterfly dream, um, which also kind of comes from the Matrix or is played into the Matrix. So, yeah, the butterfly dream was a big uh, Chinese philosophical idea, um, kind of straightforward, too. It's a really simple, like, poem almost. Uh, another big thing um, someone mentioned on uh, – so I was, like, in a Quora, the the new Yahoo answer site, basically. Yeah. Someone yeah. asked this. Someone asked which religions propose that the multiverse exists, and someone had actually just mentioned the nine realms of Norse mythology, and and I thought that was a, a good example of. It's tough though because we don't have Norse texts. We don't have this like. Right. You know, it's it's tough because a lot of that was done by like Christian authors later. The words that they used, did they? What do they mean by realms? It's it's clear that they did believe in uh, elves, dwarves. And other places, Asgard, uh, Midgard was was Earth, things like that. So they're depending on on that. But there was this idea of Yggdrasil, the, the world tree, connecting these realms. So it, it's it's tough to kind of what is a realm, a universe, is blah 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 blah. But it, there are these multiple 
scopes, life in different areas and things like that, that works differently. Um, but another big thing, and, and <laughs> I, I try, like I try, this is all just so over my head. It's, it's insane. Sure. Avatamsaka Sutra. Uh, this, the Wikipedia page for it is huge. And I, I'm just going to get this one blurb from Wikipedia. The Avatamsaka Sutra describes a cosmos of infinite realms upon realms mutually containing one another. So this stuff was written um, in, the, in the BCEs. Um, what's cool, too, is it, it kind of discusses um, supreme awareness. Like this is sort of on the, the, the – it's, it's sort of like understanding the infinite realms through unawareness, through, through nothingness. Um, the, the term that they use is sunyata, which I, I really like that. I, 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 my quick little – I'm going to end this all out with me just kind of talking about the Matrix a tiny bit. Because the, the Matrix 4 came out um, beginning of this year, or, or was at the very end of last year, December. And it was really, really fun to watch. You know, I was in middle school when the Matrix trilogy came out. I think, like, I, technically when I was, like, fifth grade. But it, it ended when I was in middle school. And I loved it for, like, the kung fu and stuff. And I did not under... I mean, I understand kind of the basics. Like, oh, life could be a simulation, blah, blah, blah. But it, it goes more into that. And the fourth one really shows the futility. I mean, well... Uh, I'll, I'll scratch that. The third one, I rewatched it with Kyle. Um, not too like before Kyle and I watched the the fourth one, we rewatched the trilogy, and I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. So going into it, it was really funny because all of the fight scenes were kind of like blase because you you know Neo's like powerful and like and and that Neo learns that too. He's like, there's no point in fighting. I'm just it doesn't matter. None of it matters. And the fourth one really affirms this. They even make jokes um, because in the fourth one. They've resurrected, or spoilers for Matrix Four. <laughs> you should have said that first because I haven't seen it. So, do you do you want me to hold off on this? I totally can. You can. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I can. I can give a little. Maybe anybody who hasn't seen it, skip ahead like a minute. Yeah, just yeah. Seriously, a minute. I will make this super short and sweet. They've resurrected Neo. He died at the end of the third one, and they've resurrected Neo because the 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 machines have realized they need like Neo. They need the Neo Trinity love conflict and like all that to keep the simulation running whenever there's a neo and a trinity and a love triangle and a neo trying to like save the world kind of thing it makes the simulation run better that's what we learn in the two and in, in three is that this is this is like the ninth sim, sim, matrix sim, simulation it keeps happening over and over again but and they're the the wrote the, the machines are trying to make it super efficient and get it down to like a science like understand how they can make humans just shut up and be happy and be batteries. That's what the humans are for. It, it's it's just really cool because it, it it really doubles down on like the sunyata, the 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 nothingness, the the like we're just struggling for no reason. And if we just kind of like let it happen, it's it's gonna. One go. must imagine Sisyphus happy. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Um, so I know that I hope that this this had this episode had uh enlightened you. You know, one of the goals of mystery isn't really for us to become experts on anything. It's just for us to talk about stuff. Um, some stuff we know really well. Some stuff we cannot ever learn well because it's all just math. That's the really, uh, honestly, like math. It's all math. That's all this is. So I hope, I hope that this wasn't too rambling. I'm going to do my best to edit the hell out of it. And I, I really, really enjoyed this, though. I learned a lot myself, and I'm going to put in some cool links for you guys to look into. A couple Wikipedia links, too, are just fun things to look in. But um, 
Yes, I think that's about it. Cami, do you have anything you want to jump in on? No, but I do want to say that next time we are going back to more of a straight mythology. Yeah. Because we've been yeah, kind one... of off the mythology for a little. It's my fault. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, and this worked out in a good way, though. This There's a lot of uh, religion, myth, Norse myth connected to this. Math's a myth. <laughs> I, I, I really liked it, and I, th- I think it was a good topic we had a greek of chrysippus we had a right i mean a greek guy i literally his ass used off to plato's death. allegory so right i'm just saying it's going to be more traditional the next time <laughs> yes yeah i i and I, I i meant to talk a little bit more about that but i think that your story did good and the matrix is basically the allegory of the cave anyway oh one one cool thing i want to mention too chrysippus argued one is a number apparently in greek um academia one one was like one was our zero like when you when you tell a kid to start counting to 10 they're not going to go zero one they're going to go one two three so we we understand that but back in in greece they'd almost i am not i don't know if they'd actually do this but they would go two three four one was like the the zero of them i i know the concept of zero is pretty you know uh again math scary um so chrysippus actually argued that one was a number and i i i think that's so cool that's it that's all that's, that's all i wanted to add chris this guy chrysippus is wild i really like him a lot <laughs> i'm gonna have to look into it it's it's great i mean i'll link I'll, he's one of the links i'll put in there just spending his, his wikipedia page is it too long uh, sadly all of his works are pretty much just excerpts um none of his original works remain but he he was he was so important and and it's cool because he was his importance was recognized um, throughout the, like it kind of resurged later. Um, I can't remember who, but some some like um, Christian medieval guys talked about him and were thought about how important he actually was. And so I, I'm glad that other than laughing his ass off to death, uh, he he was um, pretty important. And he and he certainly was important to the idea of again. So I to to bring him to help me wrap this up. Multiverse simulation theory are very interconnected. There is some scientific debate on them. The argument that we, the Neil deGrasse Tyson argument we get is it can happen, therefore it it is, but that isn't good enough for everybody. Well, therefore it's uh, likely. And uh, simulation theory, Nick Bostrom, 1990s, made it popular. He's been working on it ever since. This dude's big on it. I think 2012, he had a big thing. And it all really, I mean, things like the allegory of the cave to the Zhuangzi poem, what is it called? The Butterfly Dream. All I mean, it's all connected, homie. Like, it's absolutely wild. I love it. So, Cammy, thank you for consuming my time um, for <laughs> with this wonderful topic. We do have a... Ollie, do you want to tell them what we've got next week? Sure. So we're going to do a traditional fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel. Boom. Easy peasy. That's it. No more simulations and butterflies. No more math. No more math. That's all it is, too. That's the worst part about this topic. That's what I'll, I'll say. Is that there was just we so should have math. switched for this one. Switch what? Like you do the story and I do the. Oh yeah. Well, then it really <laughs> wouldn't have. I don't know. Maybe maybe I would have talked less. That's true. I would have had to have gotten it down to like. I would have. I I don't know. I would have. I feel like that would have been worse. It's it's been fun though. It's it's really cool. I love looking at this, especially the non-mathy bits. But um. Everyone, thank you so much, and we will catch you next time. If you have any suggestions, mystery at gmail.com, mystery with an I-E. That's it. That's all I got. I'm going to shut up. Cammie, thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Oh. Oh.